You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 401. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing. And today we have a special guest episode for you. We're interviewing Jason Barnard, the brand SERP guy, CEO and founder of Calicube, and previously a blue cartoon dog. We will get to the bottom of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, no. As soon as anyone mentions the cartoon blue dog, I'm happy as a lark. Oh, good. Well, tell us a little about that. We've got, we've got to get to that first off. Right. Well, um, I was in a TV series where I played the role of a cartoon blue dog, uh, and it actually came from a website. So my initial work was on the web with my wife. She was a yellow koala, and it all it's all a bit weird, but it did make sense when we made it, I promise you. <laughs> and then we made a TV series, and uh, what was kind of interesting, I, mean, I kind of say to people, I was a blue dog in a cartoon, which is nice. But... We were in Mauritius in the Indian Ocean, which is in the middle of nowhere, a uh, small island, tropical island, just off Madagascar. And wow. we had the blue dog and yellow koala, and we were making uh, five games and activities a month for the web. And we invented families because we thought, well, you know, these two characters, we, we can't carry it month after month after month for years and years and years. We managed three years. And then we said, let's create a family. <laughs> we created the family and the family didn't say anything, nothing for a year because we couldn't get any voice talent to do the voices of the mothers and the fathers. So my blue dog had a sister, a mother and a father, and the yellow koala had a mother, a father, a grandfather, and a grandmother. And what we, what we didn't really think through was, well, obviously we had to have these extra characters because nobody can build a series over 10 years with two, just, just two characters. You have yeah. to have other characters coming in. Uh, and we couldn't find a voice talent. So I had to do, in the end, I did five voices, more or less well. I have to admit, some of them were pretty awful. Um, but <laughs> hey, kids, who cares? <laughs> they, yeah, they, no, they, no. they don't mind mine, so that's all right. <laughs> well, the thing about kids is actually, they know when, they know when you're not being honest. And you can get away with doing a voice that isn't incredibly convincing as long as kind of the, the soul is there. And I'm a great believer in soul, not in a religious sense, but in a, in a sense of who we are as people, um, as living beings. And I mean, the end of that story is uh, I was my own mother, my own father. My daughter was my sister. 
My wife was my best friend. I was her father. Uh, our friend was her mother. I was her grandfather. And that same best friend was both my wife as a grandparent and my wife as a parent. And that is bizarre. Wow, that is not confusing. <laughs> Holy cow. Listen, listen back, it actually makes sense. <laughs> so um, I guess in a nutshell, how did you get from there into the web marketing space? Well, in fact, what happened was that I had a, a bad experience with the business partner. I was being a blue dog and I thought the world was made of roses and mushrooms and delightful peaches and anything else that's fluffy and delightful and tasty uh, and he was there to just make as much money as he possibly could as quickly yeah. as he possibly could um, unfortunately he created a situation where he could take the business away from me um, and I lost the blue dog and that's one of the greatest regrets of my life um, so I then had to kind of rebuild a career and the first thing I could do was to say to people, well, Buwan Koala, the Blue Dog and the Yellow Koala, site for kids, we were getting 5 million visits a month, 100 million page views a month in 2007, when wow. there weren't that many people online. And a million of those came from Google. So I basically said, you know, if I can get a million visits for a site for kids on Google, then I can help your business get lots and lots of visitors because I can basically game the machine, which as we discussed earlier was pretty stupid at the time. Stupid, but as we know, it worked back then and oh, we got yeah. smarter about it. Uh, well, and, we had and, and, well, that is an interesting point, kind of like looking back, you're saying, how stupid was that? But at the time it was pretty complicated and they were much better. Google at that time, much better than the competition. So retrospect is a terrible beast because you look at it and you say, it was just counting words and counting inbound links. Yep. And it seems so simple now, but at the time it was phenomenally complicated. <laughs> well, it was time consuming, that's for sure. And, and everyone sure. else, it was like you were saying voodoo. I mean, it's just, they have no idea. I mean, even now, you know, we have SEO 101 for a reason. We're, we're really just trying to de demystify it all. It's, it's, it isn't rocket science, but it is, you know, there are steps to it and it, and it is um, a process. And, and a lot of yeah. people don't have really an understanding of that. And hey, I get it. I don't, I don't know how to do my books either. Um, <laughs> but I got mm. someone else that does that. Uh, we all have our, 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 um, strengths yeah i mean i i like the idea of saying i mean it's obviously incredibly oversimplified but um in 1998 1997 you started before me and we had that discussion before and i'm terribly <laughs> terribly upset that you started a year before me um we just counted words google didn't exist and all of these uh search engines excite like us magdalen and all infoseek my favorite infoseek thank you <laughs> <laughs> they just counted words and you would create one page per keyword per variant and you ended up with thousands and thousands of pages to manage each of which had a specific keyword density and it would work and you could put white text on a white background and they couldn't see it so you would just cheat your way through the whole system then google came along and said oh let's let's start counting links and this was revolution and mm -hmm. it changed the entire game and that was what, in 1998 when they incorporated, so 2000 when they started really playing the game as it yeah. were. And you look at it now, 20 years later, and you're going, that's so simple. I mean, it's so idiotically simple, but it was so even more simple before. And you mentioned marketing, and you said in 1997 you were a marketer. I mean, I, I wasn't, I was a word counter and a blue dog. And then in 2015, we moved into this world where just counting words and counting links just doesn't work anymore. And these machines are super, super, super smart. And we're now moving into the world that I think you thought you were in 1997, marketing. And if we're not a good marketer, we're not going to live in an SEO, Google, Bing, Yahoo, Apple, Facebook, Twitter. All of these machines work in the same manner. They understand the world. They have knowledge graphs that understand the world in a similar manner to the human being. And you have to convince it like you have to convince a human being. Yeah, you do. And and, and I, I love that with Google these days. I mean, 
I should say these days, we, we've been doing this for a long time simply because I, I guess it wasn't so much that I saw the light as so much as I want to sleep at night. I didn't want to do any of the stuff that might get your rankings right away, but really would get you a bit later. So right. we just went with the white hat, quote unquote, white hat. Uh, it's a hard thing just to put on paper, but mm. we just didn't do anything that went against the guidelines for you for many years, many, many, many years now, and just built up clients through great content and yeah. ensuring their site was well indexed and you know, just really following the rules. Um, yeah, I, I guess it, technically I, I, doing any link building is not following the rules. So there's that gray area. But the fact is, that is part of the algorithm and people need to get things faster. But that's it. Yeah, I got a couple of things. Number one is I agree with you 100%. I mean, I didn't venture into the black hat, white text on white background world. I didn't need to because the content was great quality. And we got engagement from the beginning. And so, in fact, I would agree with you that we were marketers from the get-go, is that the kids love the games, the kids hang around the games, the teachers and the parents and the grandparents and the babysitters all love the site. So we got that kind of traction and the visits. And the other thing is the, the inbound links, is that I didn't ask for links. I didn't... Mm -hmm. Sorry, actually, that's not 100% true. I didn't create a situation where I might get a link simply to get a link. What I did was simply suggest to people they might want to link to me, which isn't the same thing. So I don't think link building per se is a bad thing. It's simply that if you suggest it to somebody and they think, oh, that's a good idea, that's fair game. If you say to them, you give me a link and I will give you something in return, or you give me a link and you get something in return, from whatever means that's link building and there you're getting into the gray area but if you're just saying hey why not put a link because this is actually really useful to your audience a teacher that's just good school, networking for example exactly that's good marketing yeah and that's fair dues and it's always been fair dues fair enough yeah definitely and, and i think uh oh it's been a fun ride we could go on forever about all this stuff it's, <laughs> it's been a few years hasn't there a few changes <laughs> Just a few. Um, but, you know, one of the things that uh, really uh, I came to know about you uh, about was from the Calicube, and that was through the uh, the knowledge knowledge panels. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've gone a bit mad there, to be honest. Um, but I think, I think, sorry, I, I, I think I'm one of the only people working in it in a, in a, in a terribly granular manner. I mean, there's lots of kind of tools that will build these semantic Kind of yeah, so what, what knowledge graph. the average listener probably won't have a clue what we're talking about. So what is it oh, that, that you, you're, you're into? Like, what is it that you do with the knowledge panel? And, and yeah, I'll let you. Well, I, I started out and, and it actually comes from the blue dog. I'll tell you the story as quickly as I possibly can, because it's sure. phenomenally interesting is, is when the blue dog <laughs> company collapsed in a heap and my partner walked away with the company and the blue dog, which uh, between you and me and anybody who's listening, it literally ripped out my soul. I felt like my entire existence as a being on this earth had gone. I was so much that, I got so much into being a blue dog because it's loads of fun. But I ended I up thinking I was the blue dog. And when he took the company away, it felt like he had ripped my soul out of my mm. body. And I had to rebuild the soul, which was, that's, kind of one of these philosophical things that I managed to do and I'm very happy about. And mm -hmm. what I had to do was actually make a living in the short term and making a living was going out and getting people to say, well, or saying to people, I can build your SEO, I can do what I did with the blue dog and the yellow koala. And I realized that I was actually going into the meetings. People would say, yes, we want to work with you. This is great. This is going to work out. And I thought, sale. And literally I was thinking like 90% of the time I was thinking that's a sale, that's done. And 50% of the time they would pull out, they wouldn't sign the deal. And then somebody told me, actually what, you, what we did when you walked out of the room was we looked up your name, we Googled your name and it just shows a blue dog. <coughs> Excuse me, it shows a blue dog. And the blue dog is the cartoon and we don't want to entrust our entire digital marketing strategy to a blue dog. So we didn't sign the contract. And I realized at that point that my business card wasn't what I handed to them in the meeting, although it obviously is. My most important business card is that double check that they do afterwards, which is searching my name. 
And I then set about saying, right, okay, I'm going to, obviously the blue dog is part of my life. It's not going to disappear from my brand cert, my personal brand cert, what appears when you search my name. But what I can do is make sure that the dominant information is all that I'm a digital marketer and I'm credible and I'm authoritative and I'm trustworthy and I'm an expert, which is EAT, expertise, authoritativeness and trustworthiness that Google talks about all the time. So I was saying that in 2015 and it worked a treat. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, but the, the, the meetings went well and then I would sign the contract afterwards and there was no problems at all. And it made me realize how incredibly important it is that we control what Google shows when somebody searches our personal name or our brand name. And it completely changed my point of view of kind of like what I was trying to do. And knowledge panels are obviously a part of that. And knowledge panels are a representation of Google's understanding of the entity, the person, the brand, the music group, the song, the movie, whatever it might be. And it shows it in that right-hand side as fact. And we look at that as human beings, and I think we don't really realize it, is we look at the left-hand side, and it's all advice, it's recommendations. This is what Google thinks is possibly the best result for what you're looking for. On the right-hand side, it's saying this is fact. And so once you get that knowledge panel, which is the next step beyond the brand SERP, i.e. saying I'm a digital marketer, that knowledge panel is Google saying this is what Jason Barnard is. And if it says Jason Barnard is a blue dog, obviously that's a problem. If it says Jason Barnard is a digital marketer and he's incredibly impressive, but he was a blue dog once in the past, absolutely no problem at all. So what I've now started to do is say, right, I need to manage two things. Well, I need to manage the brand cert, which is the big thing, the result when somebody searches your brand name. And the people who search your brand name are your audience. They're the most important people to your business or to yourself as a human being. They're looking you up or they're navigating to your site, they're interested in you, they're people who are close to either doing business with you or already doing business with you. And then on that right-hand side, you're looking at what Google perceives to be fact about you. And that's getting really deep into kind of the brain of Google, which is what we were talking about earlier, is that Google's trying to understand the world like a human being does. Uh, and, that go- and that knowledge panel on the, left, on the right-hand side is exactly the representation of what Google has understood and is confident it's understood. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to, you know, let's unpack this a bit and figure out how. Sorry. Yeah, that was a bit much, wasn't it? (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. We're joined by Bar- Jason Barnard, the brand SERP guy, CEO and founder of Calicube. So... Jason, um, 
let's say uh, the average person out there has the interest of having their own knowledge panel. They want to be able to say that, you know, you can type in my name and I'm going to show up in the knowledge panel. This is what I do. Mm. Is that possible for the average person? Yes, possible for everybody. Um, it, it's a great question because kind of a lot of people think, well, I see Wikipedia in there, so I have to be famous to have a knowledge panel. And that's simply not true. Um, obviously, people who are famous are going to have a Wikipedia page. Wikipedia remains dominant. But Google doesn't have the concept of notability that Wikipedia does. Wikipedia and Wikidata, for that matter, will say you need to be notable. You need to be interesting to other people. In a People will search for you spontaneously. So we will not put you in because we don't want to fill Wikipedia and Wikidata up with junk data about useless information that people are simply not interested. It's not to say that you're not important. It's simply to say that people as a general kind of volume of, of, of entities aren't interested in you specifically. Mm. So you have that level of notability that you need to hit. Whereas Google is simply saying, I want to understand. It doesn't have that, how can you put it? It doesn't have the filter of saying you need to be notable. It just says, I need to understand. It's not quite as snobbish. Now, that, <laughs> I was going to say that, but I'm going to get in trouble with Wikipedia <laughs> editors again. I can say it. <laughs> um, so you, you've got that question, one of which is Google has understood who you are. And the second question behind that is, what is the probability that the person is actually searching for you? Google's user is searching for you and not somebody else with the same name or a brand that's with the, the same that's name. That's the kicker, I find. But yes, <laughs> we'll get so into that. So you can that. have a knowledge panel, but you don't necessarily see it in the search results. So the knowledge panel is there. It's just kind of hidden because Google never shows it because it doesn't think that the probability that somebody's searching for you is so very high. And that depends on multiple things, one of which is the commonality of your name, the ambiguity of your name. If you're called Simon Cox, a friend of mine, loads of people called Simon Cox, obviously that's ambiguous. It never knows which one you're actually looking for, so it has a lot of trouble with that one. Secondly is how newsworthy you are. And now that the, the idea of notability does come in, if you're more, more notable, that knowledge panel will be more likely to appear. But then you add in geolocation. And I found the example of Mary Moore. Um, can't remember why I found that name, but in, in Mary Moore in America is the actress Mary Tyler Moore plus a writer plus there's six or seven Mary Moores in America. And in Ireland, it's a writer, but it's a different writer. In the UK, it's an actress, but it's a different actress. And in Australia, it's a judge. Hmm. So in fact, if you search for that name, Mary Moore, in these five different countries, and that's what CaliCube does, it tracks it across these, in fact, six countries. And it shows you that that geolocation, especially for human beings' names, people's names, is phenomenally important to the probability that you're searching for them. If you're in America, Mary Tyler Moore is probably the big one. Yeah. If you're in Australia, apparently Mary Moore, the judge, is incredibly newsworthy and <laughs> notable and interesting. And, and the probability, and it's nothing to do with am I famous or am I not famous? Am I important or am I not important? Am I understood or am I not important? It's the relevancy to the geolocation. Yeah. And potentially, as we move forward with things like Google Discover, which you will then unpack, I'm sure, uh, the relevancy to me as a user. Hmm. Interesting. So let's take me, for example, I, as obviously I'm well familiar with my circumstances. There's a, a lovely man by the name of Ross E. Dunn, and he's hmm. an author. So... I find that very difficult to, to get anywhere with. So if I try to uh, get any time a top ranking, there's just no way, because he's got a Wikipedia article. I'm finding that's kind of a, uh, a stop issue. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this stuff, but it seems like that's just you know, getting past that. Like if I try and get Ross Dunn, doesn't seem mm -hmm. to happen. And now there's no. a footballer, damn it. That's a Ross Dunn that's doing well too. <laughs> but Who's if I take millions of dollars. Yeah. If I type in Ross Dunn SEO, I would have thought I would show up for, for sure because there is no other, but it doesn't happen. So right. what is it that a person needs to look? Let's, again, my example, if you want, but what is it a person needs to do to have that work? 
Well, there, there are multiple points, in fact, in what you've just said. Is uh, Ross Dunn, the writer, is perhaps interesting or famous or more probable in the US, but not in Australia. So there's probably a Ross Dunn in Australia who's, who's beating the pants off your Ross Dunn there because they're more relevant to the users in Australia. So immediately you can say, right, well, that's part of the problem has gone. It's not simply that he's more famous, it's that he's more relevant within the context. And if I, I mean, I, I'm gonna use my name because I haven't researched your name and I do apologize for the completely lax preparation for the <laughs> interview. Um, all right, I'll just, I'm not gonna publish this episode. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if Go you on. look up Jason Barnard, um, there's a footballer in South Africa who's quite famous. There's an ice hockey player in Canada. There's a doctor in New York somewhere. There are three digital marketers in the UK. I mean, it's not like I don't have any competition, but if you search my name, I come up in all of these places, number one, number two, number three, number four, each of these people get one blue link and I get the knowledge panel, the video boxes, the Twitter boxes, I dominate. And that's to do with confidence. Google is so confident that it knows who I am, what I do, that it, it just throws it out there simply because it's thinking, at least I know this is true. So you've got that aspect of it. But then if you go to San Francisco, I recently discovered there's a, a university lecturer called Jason Barnard in San Francisco who's published multiple papers. And there, all of a sudden, you don't get the knowledge panel. He gets a couple of places as opposed to just the one. But on the right-hand side, you don't longer see my knowledge panel. You see two, see results about, because then Google's saying, which one do you mean? Do you mean the one we're really confident about who keeps going on about himself, Jason Barnard, the digital marketer? Or do you mean the digital, uh, sorry, the um, university lecturer who happens to be in the same town, town as you in San Francisco? So you have those multiple aspects, which is probability, confidence, um, clarity. The Google is, has understood who you are, what you do, and that, you know, it's, it's like a child, I think, in many aspects, is A, we need to educate it. And like a child, you need to educate it bit by bit, point by point, through trusted sources, such as the headmaster, the parents, the grandparents, whatever that might be for a child. And, and secondly, it doesn't want to say something that might not be true. Mm. It doesn't want to make a fool of itself. So that kind of confidence, I mean, it's like this child pitching up and going, boo, I know this. <laughs> so if you think about Google as a child in, in the knowledge graph sense, in how it understands the world, you need to educate it, you need to make it confident so it can leap into the party atmosphere and shout out what it thinks it's understood. Hmm. So um, is there a way to explain how that is done to the average listener without showing them? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's actually incredibly stupidly simple. I mean, it really okay. isn't complicated. Uh, what CaliCube Pro, I mean, I've built the platform. Basically, what I've done is I've figured out how to educate Google. And the process is incredibly granular and incredibly boring. And it's very time consuming and I can't think of anything less interesting <laughs> than, than, than my actual job in that sense. <laughs> so basically what I did was built CaliCube Pro as a platform that automates everything that I've figured out what to do. Okay. And I initially developed it because I was so bored of doing my own job. <laughs> I thought I have to figure out a way to make this easier for myself. And bit by bit, I've built the platform. Basically, what it does is it, it pings Google about an entity, yourself, myself, a company, your company, CaliCube. Uh, I work with Yoast, the plugin, uh, with Yoast of Valk, Jano Alderson. Um, hopefully, I'm going to soon be working with Wix. Looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. um, working with SE ranking, working with WordLift. So I'm oh. name dropping here, but I mean, yeah, you're doing a great job. That's awesome. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, seri seriously, kind of intelligent marketing people representing seriously important companies in the world mm -hmm. who realize that making sure that Google not only understands who you are and what you do and who your audience is but that it's incredibly confident in that understanding is the fundamental basis of everything that's gonna come. Hmm. 
And if we start now, we're going to win the game. And what CaliCube Pro does and all of these clients are basically saying, right, theoretically, because I know my business, because I'm an SEO, I could do all this because all it involves is saying, my website is the entity home. Google looks at that and it says, that's the horse's mouth. That's the information I get from the horse's mouth. Fair enough. Just don't believe you because the horse doesn't speak the truth necessarily. Horses mm -hmm. lie. Sorry, horses and <laughs> horse fans. I horses. do apologize about the analogy. Victimized. Uh, yep. Um, and, <laughs> and, and what you do from the horse's mouth is point to all the corroboration. And this is basically saying the child has heard from their parent. But if they get confirmation from the headmaster, the postman, the policewoman down the road, all these people that the child trusts, the grandparents, grandparents are great, love, love grandparents. If, they get, if the child gets confirmation from all these different sources, it becomes confident that it has fully understood. And that's so the same as schema. Yes, exactly. And so you basically, you say on your site as the horse, what it is you want Google to understand, who you are, what you do, and who your audience is, which are the three single things that it needs to understand in order to be able to begin to consider you as a solution for its users. And then you say, but look at all this corroborative information. And then you just go around the internet and you correct it all and you make sure that it all corroborates what you said <laughs> on your site, uh, which is ridiculously simple and very stupid. But that's how it works. And, and time consuming, like you said. Sorry? And time consuming, like you said. Yeah, and boring. And, and figuring out, like, which is the most important source. Who, who knows? I mean, Wikipedia, Wikidata, obviously, that goes without saying. But beyond that, for any industry and any geolocation, the most important sources are going to be different. But beyond that, for any individual company, person, music group, music song, product, it doesn't matter. The actual list of important sources that Google is paying attention to is different. And I hadn't realized quite how different until I built the tool. <laughs> and then I tested on my own name. And I've been working on this for seven years. So I know all of the sources that talk about me. And I, I, I've got this kind of terribly tentacular and depressing grasp on the whole thing, which seems terribly self-centered, but it's actually just, I want to understand what happens when I change things. And the system I built pulled up 10% of the, um, the references that I thought were important that turned out not to be important and vice versa and if i've been doing this for seven years and i've really been paying attention and the machine pulls up 10 percent where i was actually wrong and i went wow yeah okay and now i think about it that is true mm. I, I what i've done is basically said the machine calicube pro pulls out a list and says this 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 in this order go and correct all that information create your home point to it Bob's your uncle, bingo, and you're, and you're in there. And, it, and, and it's blindingly simple. And all I'm doing for people like Yoast and SE Ranking and um, WordLift is offering them a big, big time-saving operation where they could do it themselves, but I saved them loads of time. Hey, it's, you're filling a phenomenal gap, obviously, because... I didn't know much about this until I started reading about it. And again, I was drawn to your site and I thought, wow, yeah. this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and it's been and great. I'm, you, you're, you're popping up everywhere now. So good for you. Yeah, I, I shout very loud. I mean, and part of it, I mean, kind of part of it is I, I just like talking and like, sorry, I do apologize. And I, being British, I feel terribly Not guilty about the fact. But um an awful lot of what you see is me experimenting to see what happens when I change something. And, and an interesting story with Wikipedia is that I had a Wikipedia page for myself. I had one for the Blue Dog and Yellow Koala. I had one for my punk folk group from the 90s, all of which are notable. Absolutely no question at all that they're notable. They all got deleted last year. No. And they all got deleted because I've been messing with them too much. And why wow. had I been messing with them too much? Not because I want to kind of, well, obviously, I, I wanted it to be correct. But also, I wanted to see every time I changed something, and I, I did it several times, and I'm terribly naughty, and I'm sure the Wikipedia people don't like me. But <laughs> I changed the stuff to see what the knowledge graph would do in, in response. 
so at the end of the day what i did was learn and then somebody came along and said you've been messing with your wikipedia page you know we're deleted uh, and they all got deleted within three weeks two weeks sorry sorry it's pretty ridiculous July. though i mean if they're notable they should be there whether or not they're opinionated but, about it or not mm, but wikipedia actually has two rules one is notability and the other is uh you shouldn't be editing your own article yeah. And they deleted me on the second one. I mean, it's fair dues. I mean, I don't necessarily agree. I think the notability thing should kind of overcome that particular point. But you know, fair, fair enough. And from my point of view, I mean, it actually comes down to for three days, I sulked. My <laughs> ego took the biggest hit. And then I thought, actually, Wikipedia editors are not the people to judge whether or not what I have achieved in my life is important or not. No. And then I thought... How can I now prove to Google that what I had been saying on Wikipedia, and I do say I had been saying on Wikipedia, <laughs> is in fact true, and rebuilt all three of them. And I then did an interview with Rand Fishkin about a month later, and it was really interesting because he said he fought to have his Wikipedia page deleted. And I said, oh, why? And he said, because they were saying things about Moz, who founded it, where it all worked, how much money was put into it. And it was, it was wrong. The, the information was factually wrong. And I tried to correct it. And they wouldn't let me correct it because I am the person concerned. Therefore, I'm not allowed to get involved. And that's where you get into this kind of terrible debate. And it's a terrible cycle. And he got it deleted. And he said, actually, the reason I looked or I tried to get it deleted and I ended up getting it deleted was because I don't want Wikipedia editors to control my brand story, mm -hmm. my personal story. Makes good sense. And as soon as he said it, I was sitting there and this was literally a month after all of mine had been deleted and I've been sulking. And I said, wow, you understood intellectually what I had to understand by getting slammed basically i had to learn a, a difficult lesson and he had figured out himself from a, a logical and an intelligent point of view and, and you know hats off absolutely hats off to run fishkin for that because you don't want these faceless wikipedia editors controlling your brand story or your brand message and uh, wikidata is perhaps slightly different but you want to control it yourself. And I think that's the, 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 the fundamental basis of CaliCube is I want you to control your own message because I know that it's possible. I know it isn't actually very difficult. It's just really boring and really long. <laughs> so turning this uh, sort of into an SEO related thing, does this have any impact on SEO? Oh, yes. Oh, Crumbs, locks of order, yes. Right. Number one, anybody who searches your brand name is your number one top favorite person because they're either about to do business with you or they're doing business with you already. So that's obviously incredibly important. And John Mueller at the end of last year at SMX said, brands need to be aiming at pull queries. And what he means by pull queries is branded queries. They call them pull queries. And basically, Google are now saying you actually want people to be searching your brand name. And I think from an SEO perspective, that's fairly obvious why it shows that you're popular. It shows that people like you, especially when your brand name is associated with positive terms like, you know, Jason Barnard. Oh, genius. Let's try that one on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to encourage people <laughs> so that I suddenly look intelligent to Google. But that that's number one. Number two, obviously, sorry, you've got number one is... The brand searches. Number two is what appears when somebody searches your brand name. But number three, if you search for best podcasts, you see a big carousel at the top. And that's above the blue links. It's above those normal results. So I would tend to, I mean, it's Seth Rogen and, and then all those famous people. But there's no reason that you or I couldn't be in there, especially if it's best SEO podcast. You, you get a carousel for that too. And that's all based on entities. It's based on Google's understanding. Mm -hmm. Once again, coming back to that child analogy, if Google understands that your thing is a podcast and where it can send you usefully so you can listen to that podcast and it understands that that's what you're looking for, Bob's your uncle. These are the rich results. The blue links aren't necessarily dead. But certainly these carousels, the video boxes, the knowledge panels, the people also ask, all of this is increase, increasingly based on Google's understanding of the world. It's 
entity-based search, and we were talking about Dave Davis earlier on, read a couple of articles by Dave Davis and you'll see exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's, uh, there, there's a lot of work to it. And, and so Calicube, so it's, uh, why don't you tell everyone how that's spelled just so they can find it. K-A-L-I-C-U-B-E. And the platform's called Calicube Pro. Um, so I mean, Calicube is actually just, a, a, it's an agency that I created years ago. Started collecting all this data about 78,000 brands and people uh, in a database with 10 million brand SERPs. I've got a database full of knowledge graph information. It's completely insane. Uh, and I've been collecting it for years, thinking this is going to be useful one day, one of those hoarders. Um, and it's all kind of sitting in this database somewhere. And all of a sudden, it's become interesting and become useful. Uh, and talking to people like Bill Flask in the SEO world or Maury Elberstein from Wix or uh, Andrea Volpini from Wordlift, I realize how important this database is going to be because I've got three or four years of data for Google's understanding of entities of things um, in, a, in a kind of understanding the world sense. And I'm incredibly excited about the fact that it's finally, all this hoarding has finally come to fruition Absolutely. and it's going to be useful. To so the community, not just to me. So, sorry. So, CaliCube, what, what I meant, sorry, is that CaliCube is actually a free set of tools that you can just go in and look at what's in the knowledge graph. You can look what the trusted sources are. All of that is free. The paid aspect of CaliCube is simply to say, I'm just going to make this really easy for you. Hmm. So, it's CaliCube.pro, right? Yeah. Yeah, so not .com, everyone, it's .pro, and it is great. It's got lots of phenomenal content on there, lots ooh, of reading, ooh, and you've got ooh, a course ooh, or two, right? Yeah, well. I've got courses too, but actually the, the .com, I actually recently bought it. Oh, good. Uh, because it, it was available four years ago, and they were asking for like $6,000 for it. And oh, I dear. said, oh, I'm not buying that for $6,000. Uh, and the price has just gone down. As, as long as I kind of held out and didn't buy, the price came down. It eventually came down to a price that I will not name. But thing to me reasonable not from the point of view that i really thought it was useful but i now want to see if i can switch the entire calicube pro website which is all about the podcast and the events and the free tools to calicube.com and have the calicube.pro website as the platform for helping you with, with what the calicube.com website explains to you and see if i can make that switch seamlessly that when you're searching CaliCube, it never skips a beat in terms of what actually appears that Google understands the switch. So that's Excellent. my challenge for the month of April. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you. And, and that's, Very sorry, oh, 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 I'm, I'm getting overexcited, but that's what it all comes down to. My entire existence is about experimenting on things that I control. I don't want to experiment on clients. I want to experiment on me because if I get it wrong, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm, who cares? And, you know, you've got the Blue Dog and Yellow Kawar, their families, all of those are in the knowledge graph, the songs, the albums, my music group, my company, myself. The idea from my perspective is the more I experiment, the more I learn, the more I learn, the more I can share, the more I learn, the more I can help people with problems that they can potentially have. And I've probably seen most of the problems that people have had simply because I've got it wrong so often over the last seven years. I now know where not to stick your feet. That's awesome. Well, I, I tell you, I'm always watching. It's, there's always lots to learn and it's <laughs> not an area creepy. that I have time to keep on top of. Man, it's, it is just like anything else. It takes a lot mm. of time. SEO used to be something you could just digest yourself. You could spend the time. It wasn't that difficult. And it's not so much that it's difficult now, but it's just got so much minutiae now, minutiae that it's, you've got to focus. And congratulations yeah. on picking a really good niche. And I, I think that's, that's really true. And it's a really interesting point um, is I have an awful lot of trouble not getting distracted by other things I think you are do. really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody says, oh, there was an update. And I was talking to Glenn Gabe on um, Twitter and he was saying, oh, I've written this amazing article about the Google update in December. And I was going, the thing about brand SERPs is that they, the Google algorithm updates don't affect them very much. Hmm. So actually, I don't care about Google updates in my little kind of world of brand SERPs. And it's so tempting to go and look at it. But if I do, I get lost in a rabbit hole that actually doesn't help me. Um, and I noticed the other day I'm, I'm doing 
kind of some data studies and it seems to me and this is not yet confirmed that when the google algorithm the main algorithm is very active december january this year december last year january this year the knowledge graph doesn't change hmm. and the knowledge graph just had a big update 11th of february on my kind of sensor system that i've got on calicube that you can go and have a look at and it's basically once google the main algorithm settles down the knowledge graph can play around with they don't mess with both at the same time um, Very and interesting. this is something I'm, yeah, exactly. This is a big enough yeah. rabbit hole for anybody. Yeah. Well, and it and is, I see it for some reason, good old assumptions, but I assumed that the knowledge graph was a constant iteration. Like yeah. It didn't get big updates. Ooh, ooh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. That That's what we all think. Wow. And that's what I thought. And then I noticed a year and a half ago, um, in July and August of 2019, there was a massive update, absolutely massive. And I wrote an article on Search Engine Journal, and I do encourage you to read it. And I, I tweeted about it the other day, and I literally cried the morning I finished the article because I thought I've just found something that nobody else has thought about or seen. And I just thought, oh, wow, 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 I'm a bit of an emotional chap. <laughs> Uh, and a year and a half later, I just reanalyzed the data from the last year and a half, and I realized there are updates a couple of times a month to really? the knowledge graph. And interesting enough, it takes December off. The last two years, it hasn't done anything in December. So December is kind of holidays for the knowledge graph. And it would seem to me, and I'm still investigating it, that the knowledge graph updates and the Google updates are basically happening in a in a in an off sync manner. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I was showing it on the video, but nobody you know, can see the yeah. video. <laughs> yeah, an opposing. Oh, that's really interesting. Opposing schedule. So, okay, well. So that's... that's my new theory. I don't know if it's true. So I'm throwing it out there, and it might be completely wrong. But this is my theory. So if people want to keep on, you know, keep track of this kind of work you're doing, do you publish your findings as you go, or is this all just behind the scenes? Like, is there a place we can follow to, to read about this as you're doing it? Well, well, it's a mixture. I mean, the reason, if I don't publish information I have figured out, it's simply I don't have the time and it's nothing to do with me kind of trying to hide stuff and make more money out of CaliCube because that really isn't my bag. My bag from CaliCube, what I've realized is if I explain everything to everybody, the value of CaliCube is simply that I'm going to save you loads of time. Exactly. And if I can do that, I'm winning the game all the way down the line because he is. I mean, there's nothing very complicated about saying you have to state on your own site who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is, and then get it corroborated by um, authoritative, trustworthy sources. That That's bleeding obvious once I've said it. Um, and the trick then is to figure out which of the sources and how to actually present yourself on your own site, which is more complicated than people think. Your, your, your language, the way you describe yourself on your own site is often very ambiguous. And, you know, marketing gumph, I mean, I don't want to be rude to marketers, but, you know, a bit of fact wouldn't hurt anybody. Um, and you've got that kind of whole point. And my research is not about keeping secrets. It's about saying, if I can get people to understand what it is we're faced with, I'm much more likely to get them on board for me to help them to make that task as simple and as fast and as painless as possible. Fascinating. Well, thank oh, you. For sorry. You so did. read search engine journal, Danny Goodwin <laughs> from search engine journal is incredibly supportive. He will publish any of my kind of mad theoretical ideas. Um, and I love him for it. Uh, I published a lot on there. I published a lot on WordLift. Uh, I don't publish on my own site. So if you want to read what I've been writing, uh, have a look on LinkedIn or Twitter and search my name and it all comes up. Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Land, uh, WordLift, SE Ranking are starting to publish some stuff. SEMrush have published loads of stuff. So it's all kind of distributed out there and you have to kind of like follow the breadcrumb trail. And I'm actually now thinking of setting up a page on my site that just lists them all <laughs> to make it simpler. There you go. It's going to be a long list soon, right? <laughs> this is good. Yes, it, it's, it's yeah. It, but, and the other thing, just to kind of close this kind of whole aspect is that I'm sharing the information. I'm 
I think showing myself to be reasonably expert, authoritative and trustworthy within my domain. And that's a big part of SEO today. And if on my own site, I can succinctly indicate to Google, this is where all my corroborative, authoritative, expert, trustworthy content is being published, search engine journal, search engine land, word lift, so on and so forth. I think that's going to build Google's confidence in my own EAT. I have no proof. I'm in the process of testing it. I'm going to do this. And in five or six months, I think I will have some kind of indication that this is a good practice and it's a good way to move forward. Wonderful. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of <laughs> Stepforth Web Marketing, and my special guest, Jason Barnhart, the brand SERP guy, CEO and founder of Calicute. Thanks thank for joining you. us today. J uh, Jason, you've just been an amazing guest. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank, you've had thank a couple podcasts today. You've already done, so you've fit it in, and I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, I love it. And I, I appreciate the fact that you let me rant and rave and oh, anytime gabble on. I loved it. And you said it was going to be cool and easy going, and it was. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Well, remember, everyone, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. Uh, there you don't miss a single link. You can watch the video from this and uh, we've got the full uh, transcription as well with links. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on yeah. Facebook. If you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate any feedback on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which are every week on webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.